Welcome to 21st Century Disability, the show that analyzes how the modern world is changing the way society sees disability. I am your host, Hollis Pierce. Hop in, let's go for a ride. In this episode, we will be discussing how the lives of people with disabilities are often more complicated than they appear to be from the perspective of those outside of their inner circle. Life seems simple to them. In reality, though, the life of many people with disabilities are more often than not a struggle, energy-consuming, and similar to a full-time job. We will be looking at this because when comparing these two very different things, living a life and having a full-time job. They often get blurred into the same thing when comparing them to a day-to-day life of an average disabled person. In other words, for many individuals like myself, living a day with a disability often encompasses parts of both. This is not to say that my personal day-to-day routine is more complex than other people's. The purpose of this episode is simply to give you an idea of the complexity some disabled individuals' lives are. The example being shared in this episode are examples taken from my own life. Let's start from the days of youth. When you are a teenager, life is pretty simple. You wake up, get dressed, go to the bathroom, have a shower, have breakfast, go to school, do homework, chores, have fun, eat dinner, go to sleep, and repeat. For a teenager with disabilities, life can be quite a bit more complicated. First of all, waking up and getting Dressed can be a bit more, or a lot, more complex and detailed. Due to my disability, I depended upon others to help me complete any physical task. Therefore, throughout my early childhood, I depended upon my parents to wake up and get me ready for school. From there, I would be helped by my educational assistant until I would return home and my mom would help me the rest of the day. In the fall of 2001, when I was 13 years old, my life changed. In the fall of 2001, my family hired three individuals, two of whom I had met at Easter Seals camp that summer. All three of them were in their undergrad in university at the time. This changed my life for many reasons. The two primary reasons relate most to this episode. First of all, course, being that I had someone other than my mom and dad helping me to get through daily tasks. The second being that I was suddenly responsible for directing my own care. While the two of them had 
had a week's worth of experience with me at camp, neither of them had learned the details of my home life. So I needed to pay more attention to my daily schedule and be more aware of what I needed to do to get through my day. After all, when my parents were taking care of me, I did not need to pay any attention to how they helped me throughout the day. Now, back in 2001, I was still in middle school, so we did not have any attendants take care of me 24 hours a day because my parents still got me up and helped me during the night. So, my new attendants at Camp Hollis, as I still commonly refer to it as, only came in to help me through dinner, my bowel care, and putting me to bed. On the weekend, though, we had hired one of them to help me be me and do stupid stuff that an average 13-year-old would. I found this to be tremendously odd, but my mother, of all people, was encouraging me because she knew that I would learn from these mistakes just as any other person does. With the help of these attendants, I was able to experience so many things. Whether that was playing video games beyond my bedtime, getting to bounce me on the bed to try to make me drop a Nerf football on the way to bed, going to a nearby park to play. The world was my oyster. These adventures would get wilder and wilder as I grew older. <laughs> my parents trusted my attendance so much that they encouraged us to do more and more. This was for two reasons. The first, of course, being that during my early years, my parents were their bosses, and if I was hurt in their care, they had to answer or face the risk of being fired. The second reason being that they knew that my staff had their best intentions towards me having a regular life as their primary goal. Later on, during my university years, my parents would do things like purchase a keg of beer for me for my birthday and leave for the night. Their, own, their explanation being that I should experience a keg party in the safety of my own home. They even helped them make arrangements to take me to Quebec on my 18th birthday to go to the casino and so that they could take me to the strip club. <laughs> These adventures would continue throughout my life, but would take a shift in my early 20s. This episode is similar to an article that looks at the situation from a feminist perspective, stating that how the life of a stay-at-home mother could be and should be considered her paid labor. But because it was accomplished within their own household, 
it could not. This theory has tremendous strength to it, as any individual, women most especially, could be hired and paid a standard wage as a nanny in any, another person's home. So long as they are in their own home, though, this is not a reality. For a person with a disability, though, life can and is, in many ways, an occupation. When I was in my mid-twenties, this became even more of a reality. It was in this period of time that my parents split up, and more responsibilities surrounding the employment management of my staff fell to me. Fortunately, I have a brother who works in human resources and has groomed me with my managerial skills. Thanks, Lewis. As I got older, I inevitably needed more and more support, so I would go through periods where I would have each day broken down to three or four shifts, including an overnight shift. Other times, particularly in the summer, I would have someone living with myself and my family. That was the easiest, as that individual would know me incredibly well, and I often would never need to ask them to do something for me, hand me a book and open it to a specific page, for instance. Hiring multiple staff to handle multiple shifts of my day while living or attempting to live a regular life can and was incredibly stressful. Just like a good manager of any business, I managed to make great decisions when it came to choosing who I trusted to get me through my day. But just like any other manager, there would always be one person out of four that would slack off repeatedly and call last minute to say that they are unable to make it for their shift. Not surprisingly, this occurred most often for individuals who were responsible for covering my overnight shifts. These shifts would start at 10 p.m. and go until 8 a.m. the next morning. Words cannot express how anxious one feels when the clock was approaching the shift change and you were wondering if your phone was about to ring. Not only would I hate to have to answer the phone because I would have to start calling other staff members to see if they could come in and fill in. I hated answering those calls because it would put pressure on my family. Words cannot express how irritating it is to have to ask your family, 99% of the time being my mom, to disrupt their night and put you to bed. Having to do that multiple times in a small amount of time has a major impact on your relationships. Family, of course, would never tell you that it was frustrating to alter their plans 
to take care of their brother's last son. But I constantly feel like I was being a constant burden. I had staff that could be fully dependable to show up without a reminder to take care of me. Thanks to 21st century technology, though, it was fairly simple to manage these staff members. For instance, I could keep a shared online calendar so that the Camp Hollis staff members could look at and ask me or uh, another staff member directly if they could exchange shifts. A calendar system would also be helpful as I could calculate the amount that was due when it came time to calculate payroll. In fact, I learned how to use Microsoft Excel while calculating my attendance salaries on a bi-weekly basis. Of course, this would not be taken to be valid experience in an average job interview. This is another major reason why living life with a disability is exactly like living in a job. Your life is eerily similar to an episode of Undercover Boss, except for the fact that you do not have the benefit of taking off the mask in the end. For those who do not know what Undercover Boss is, it is a television show where a boss or CEO hides themselves amongst their staff. In other words, I found myself getting lost in the haze of whether or not I was interacting with my attendants as their boss or as my friends. It is also why you often do not have time for a real job as you are already managing your own business. When you are talking to an individual on the outside of your inner circle, it feels as though you are living a fairly easy life. When being asked if you are working anywhere, the answer would constantly be no, but I am thinking about my options. I would know, of course, that my unemployment was because I did not have time and I was already managing a small pretend company for my daily life. This has been a presentation of 21st Century Disability. This episode was written by myself, Hollis Pierce, and edited by Sandy Barrett. Digital editing and production was done by Michael Dixon. The original music was also created by Sandy Barron. If you liked this episode, please let, let us know by email. You can email me at hollis.pierce at me.com or the show directly at 21centurydisability at gmail.com. You can also email me if you have any suggested topics for future episodes, or if you have any questions or comments for me. You can also follow us on Instagram at 
21stc.d or on Twitter at 21st capital C underscore capital D. If you enjoy this show, please give us a like and subscribe to our podcast. Please remember that if you are alive, you can thrive. Thank you for listening.